All right, all right, what's cracking, baby? Yeah, yeah. Splash the clock. You know what time it is. Splash the clock. Ooh. Yo, I found a, a lot of random beats that I made just appeared. I don't know where they came from. I totally don't remember making this, but apparently I did. Yo. Ooh. Gang. Smash that like, baby. Smash that like. Just put that link in the Discord. Put that link on the Twitter. Put that link on the Instagram story, baby. We going live. Tracking. All right, mate. Giza activities 2020. What's cracking is Cure of the Dawn, it's Meaning Wave, it's uh, Meaning Stream, it's number 57, it's Monday. It's a beautiful Monday to be alive here at the peak of recorded human Mondays. How is your Monday? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, man, this was me on my, like, Azalea, making beats for Azalea Banks stuff, I guess. That's what it sounds like to me. Like I said, I don't remember this occurring. I don't remember this occurring, but it seems it occurred. Damn, baby. I had an answer. I guess that swear word getting eaten. Yeah. Yo, how's everybody doing? Shouts into everybody locked in live. And shouts into everybody locked in on the replay across space and time. 
Shouts out to everyone who's watching this on a viewing device. If you're watching this on a viewing device, you can see I got some uh, I got some uh, things on my head. What would you call them? Oh yeah, shades. I've been wearing shades for like a couple years, really. I had this theory that like they was making my eyes weak. You know, I needed to get my eyes strong. I needed to get my eyeballs strong. You know, so I ain't really wore sunglasses for the past two years. I've been getting my eyeballs strong. But I found these today in a bag. And they were given me by a, 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 a meaning wave uh, aficionado who traveled all the way from New Zealand to see me play a gig and uh, gave me these. And they were in my DJ bag and I haven't worn them, so I figured I'd wear them, you know, they're pretty cool. They, uh, they made me look like a living meme, you know. They're a little too small for my head, I guess. Well, they're not. They're, they're apparently, they're special New Zealand sunglasses that stop anything getting in your eyes, you know. So if you're involved in some kind of a sand kicking competition, you'd be okay. You know, so they, they're really tight. They wrap around. They're like, uh, they're very cool, man. You know, I'm very grateful. I'm always grateful for gifts, you know. Gifts is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing to get a gift. You don't get so many gifts when you're, when you're uh, an adult, you know. Uh, it's not like when you're a child and you get more gifts. You know, at Christmas, you get a whole bunch of gifts. These days at Christmas, I'm lucky if I get two, you know, and I'm grateful. It's my birthday on Saturday. Uh, I think I'll be lucky if I get a couple. But, you know, I've got the greatest gift of all. I got the greatest gift of all. You know what that gift is? That's this life, baby. Ooh. Shouts out to Franz Kafka. Capra. Whatever. You know the guy. That was the original title of It's a Wonderful Life. The original title of It's a Wonderful Life was The Greatest Gift of All. Because the greatest gift of all was That Wonderful Life. That's what the whole film was about, you know? And I do love that film. My God, I love that film. I must not fear. Well, you, mu you must not fear. You must not fear, D. Do not fear. Do not fear. Fear is the mind killer. It's, uh, yeah, it's Monday. We're doing Ask Akira today, so uh, feel free to ask questions. Uh, I got some submitted in advance, which I will, will answer. Uh, priority goes to Super Chat, as ever, because uh, we live in a society. Uh, what up, Hensai Warhol Z? Got that first award. First! First in the chat goes Hensai Warhol Z. Says first as far as I can see. Yo, that rhyme, baby. Yo, uh, Bradford White was second. Says high five. HWZ. That's nice. Uh, Alan Watts says namaste, brothers and sisters. I'm never sure is it namaste or namaste. I don't know. I never know. I always ask and I always then I forget. You know them ones? You know them ones there? What up, YouTube hero Alex? YouTube hero Alex, very correctly, says, um, what do you say? We're at 73% on the campaign goal. Can we hit 75 tonight? It's a good, good call. Let's have a look. I got buttons, man. I just love having buttons, you know? Just, life is good when you got buttons. Buttons that work. I bought a thing. It's called a Stream Deck, right? It's a little box that's got mappable buttons on it that allow me to switch through scenes in my, uh, in my OBS. OBS is the thing that I use to uh, stream, you know, so that you can, uh, you can enjoy this, uh, you know, this live experience type of situation. And... Uh, the duh, 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 duh. It's, it's basically the first thing I've bought in ages that just works. It just works straight out of the box. It's a box. It's got buttons on it. And like the way my mind works is like, oh, wouldn't it really be cool if you could just drag onto like a map of the buttons in your computer what, what the function you wanted to go on that button. And you could name it and then it would say the name on the button. And that's literally what it does. Like this thing couldn't be any better if it, if, if I if it tried. It's just perfect. It's the first piece of, like, perfect gear I've come across uh, in as long as I can remember. It's epic. 
you know so shout out to whoever made that and uh shout out to everyone who's been back in the what's wave campaign what's wave six uh is about to come out the first single drops this friday and the first music video drops this friday that's pretty hype and uh yeah we're on 73 percent of our goal 73 percent of our goal and our goal is basically to get enough money to be able to press vinyl and it's double vinyl and uh we're making available What's Wave 5 and 6, The Web of Life Part 1 and 2 on vinyl for the first time because people have been asking me to do this for a long time, so we're doing it, you know? Uh, so that's very exciting. We're at 73% of our goal, so let's see if we can hit 75 tonight. That would be dope if we could. Uh, yesterday was a really cool stream. Shouts out to everyone who was there. We did uh, Good Times at Davey Wayne's 2. We played all 70s vibes. I think it's currently blocked on YouTube. I've got to uh, remove a couple of tracks from it because, <laughs> uh, you know, we're just a bit too spicy. You know, we just flew a little too close to the sun. But that's cool. You know, that's the vibes. How's everyone doing anyway? Smash that like. Uh, summon the uh, the YouTube gods to allow people in. Do you know I'm going to take these off? I can't see shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Whoa. Damn, it's bright out here. Yeah, I really couldn't see nothing. I couldn't see anything, brothers and sisters. I was unable to visualize anything at all. You know, we're just answering questions today, so let's see. Uh, let's see. So Lanza is in the building. Bradford White is in the building. Grey Flowers in the build building. Cindy Bailey's in the building. She says, hey, Akira, can we have someone trim the gif of Val dancing so he can dance on screen? I left the gif and ask Akira on the Discord. I saw that earlier. I checked in on ask Akira. Uh, you can do whatever you guys want. If someone wants to trim a gif, if someone wants to trim a gif and send it in, you're very welcome to trim a gif. And then we'll see if it looks cool, you know? Uh, I got GIF. I got GIFs, you know? Are they multiplying and they're losing control? <laughs> you know, so we have GIFs dancing on the screen. If you listen to this on the podcast, you've never seen it. We have, like, a beautiful visual interface. You know, you get to see me. And then I have little dancing sprites, you know? I got Bart jumping up and down on my uh, on my DJ Tech Tools MIDI Fighter Twister. You know, I got uh, Rick from Rick and Morty dancing on top of the laptop. I got numerous gang members, you know? getting down so uh if you want to send in something to be added to the screen then you know you're very welcome maybe discord people maybe youtube hero alex maybe that's a board maybe there should be just a section for the stream and people can contribute stuff maybe that's where ask akira should go i don't know maybe maybe uh have a think about that you know but yeah totally man yeah, we have, we have a community member called Val Venus, right? And uh, some people like to think that it's the same Val Venus that was a dancing wrestler. You know, but nobody really knows. Val Venus is, is an enigma. You know, any chat worth its salt, any community, anyone I've ever come across always has an enigma. You know what I mean? If, you, if your community don't got no enigma in a community, it's just, uh, you know, it's just a bunch of people. <laughs> you got to have an enigma. You know what I mean? Val Venus is our enigma. Chat says Val Venus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Great Flower wants a dancing vow, that's too. Okay, cool, there you go. Damn. Watch out, this will become a, a democracy. Uh, what up, DS, join us? Let's go 15 hours. 15 hours. Did I have the time wrong on the stream? Or were you just here mad early? Did I have the time wrong? Oh, well. We're, we're correct now, hey? We're correct now. <laughs> Someone says 15 hours. Is that a mistype or is it his birthday already? Well, you think I'm gonna I'm gonna be late on my birthday? I ain't got like I ain't give a crap about my birthday, baby. I give a crap about you guys. I give a crap about sticking to my word and regulating the vibes in the uh, correct fashion. What up, detail by Andrew says I'm here, Akira. 
Uh, Dr. Dre times Alan Watts. You did it, you crazy son of a bitch. You did it. I did it. It's true. I did it. Do you like it? I liked it. Uh, we got another bootleg dropping this week. We got another bootleg track dropping this week. Uh, I made uh, a song today with uh, Elon Musk. That was pretty epic. Uh, you know, the vibes are getting regulated. We got that new Alan Watts single dropping on Friday. Shabba, all systems go. You know, Sheila six one three is outside on a bike right now, and it's glorious. So shouts out to you. Congratulations, Joshua Tran says on Mondays we say, we say hey, good. Yeah, we do. That's what we say on Mondays. In honor of our Lord and Savior, Jocko. You know. Vin Fuego says, is it Bono Wave? How dare you? How dare you? Joshua Trent says, this beat is hype. Guess talking about the one from earlier. It was hype. I don't know where it came from. Uh, what up, Diesel by Andrew? Thank you for the super chat. It's got no a question attached to it. But it's got British money attached to it, which means that must be a British person. What time is it for you? Isn't it like mad late slash early for you right now shouts out to everyone who joins us live uh you know at weird times i do feel bad that you know because we do this broadcast every day at 6 p.m pst california time and i know that's not uh ideal for everybody in the world you know we're our, we are a global community and you are a, an international gang and you know i do feel bad about that but there's only so much we can do baby you know what i mean uh what up bradford white what up lz what up john grady and uh yeah what up Alextra says yo 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 i found out i'm getting a new brother or sister in december yay hey congratulations that's a beautiful thing shouts out to whoever made that possible and the manner in which they made that possible that's epic that's epic detail by andrew says uh i posted a question just before the super chat you should have put the question in the super chat otherwise how would i find it <laughs> how am i going to find it uh, oh, here we go. Detail by Andrew says, Hey, Akira, I always catch weirdos on the train. They always have their story. Any situations like that you would like to tell us? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You do always catch weirdos on the train. I mean, the train was uh, back in the day. The train uh, was one of the best places to uh, catch weirdos and socialize. And the best place to socialize on the train back in the day was the smoking carriage. The smoking carriage was truly the melting pot. That's where the businessman you know, uh, would be, and that's where the punk and the greebo and the hippie would be. You know what I mean? That's where the, the naughty school kids would be. Uh, that's where the old ladies would be. Everyone would get together in the smoking carriage. You know, the smoking carriage was a cool place. I don't know what the modern equivalent of the smoking carriage is. Maybe it's the meaning stream chat. I don't know. But yeah, many, you know, many, many, many fun times in the smoking carriage. Uh, one of my favorite times in the smoking carriage is we were going somewhere. I can't remember where we were going. Wales, somewhere. And the train stopped. And uh, someone had done that thing they do where they drive a car onto the train track. You know, sometimes people do that. And when people do that, they go, right, we've got to put up bridges and we've got to put up walls all around the train track to stop people doing that. And it's like, why must we continually reshape our society around the very extremities of foolery? Like, someone does something real stupid, then we have to, like, build the whole society around that one real stupid person it's very strange it's the thing that we do i don't know why we do it either you know it doesn't make any sense to me but we do do it and uh anyway they didn't do it in that occasion because someone had managed to drive onto the whale you know and uh we were stuck we were stuck there for hours and in the end you know people were getting rowdy and stuff because they're welsh welsh people get mad rowdy you know they don't they don't take no they don't take no crap they ain't taking they ain't taking that then you know what i mean so uh 
They gave away free coffee. Free. They gave away coffee. They gave away Pringles. And in the end, people were getting so rowdy, and we've been stuck there for so long. They said, okay, uh, the minibar is open for every." And they just gave away the minibar, the train minibar, right? So that smoking carriage became a goddamn party. By Jove, it became a goddamn party. And guess who had a great big slab of a Visco laptop with a big speaker in and could DJ for the people? Yeah, that's right, your friendly neighborhood done. Yeah, your friendly neighborhood done. Did, lo and behold, did DJ in that smoking carriage when everyone had free booze. And it just became the illest party in all of Wales. And the train was stuck on, the, on this, this track, you know? And uh, people started to gather around the train. And the train became something of like a little rave. You know, and there we were, it's partying. And it's like, shouts out to that laptop, because laptop speakers are not that good these days. This was a laptop from 2005. It was a 2005 laptop. It was a Visco, I do believe. It was as big as God. You know, it was as big as God and twice as ugly. And uh, I DJed on that, and it was great. I played uh, Ghostface Killer, as I recall, and I played uh, The Ghetto Boys, as I recall. As I recall, so I do recall, and uh, I played some uh, electro house tracks and put uh, rap acapellas over the top of them. And I also played Christopher, and people smooched, you know, because people smooch when you play Christopher. That's how it goes, yeah. And that's how we used to get down. That laptop was the laptop I had with me when I was signed to Interscope Records. And uh, after I signed to Interscope Records, uh, Jimmy Iovine summoned me back to Interscope uh, HQ in Los Angeles to play him songs from my album. You know, so I went there and uh, weirdly, he was in the process of editing the 50 Cent movie, which I didn't know that record company bosses did that. But I went in his office and he was there and he had a couple of executive types around him and uh, 50 Cent's A&R guy and uh, DJ, his nephew. And the 50 Cent movie was on a big screen and he, and he was saying, hey, just get rid of that bit. Just get rid of that bit. Make that bit a bit shorter. Like he was editing the whole movie. It was very weird. And I had this big laptop and it had the songs on it. And uh, he said, go on, then play us something. Open up the laptop. Blue screen of death. That PC thing. Blue screen of death. I was like, oh, shit. So I tried, you know, it's a bit double flip. You know, you're in, a, you're in a spot. You're on the spot here. You know what I mean? You've got Jimmy Ivey who wants to hear a new song, and you've got it on your laptop. But your laptop, blue screen of death. And uh, basically, I was there for like an hour, and I just couldn't get it to work. In the end, we just had to leave. You know, so we had a meeting. So he was like, all right, we had a meeting. They asked what the songs were about. And I said, and uh, they were a bit, hmm. Hmm, really? You got a sound called You got a song called Bankers and the chorus goes, Put your fingers in the corner of your mouth and say bankers, really? Really? He said, uh he said to my A and R guy, he goes, Hook him up with Will I Am. So okay. And uh but anyway, as soon as I got out of the building, literally I got out of the building and this laptop was fine. And it happened again. It happened twice. Each time I went in that Interscope building with that Visco laptop, it blew screen of death and wouldn't switch on. And as soon as I got out, it was fine. I don't know what that laptop was trying to tell me. It was trying to tell me that this was not my place and this was not my destiny is what that laptop was trying to tell me. Because it worked in every other situation until I goddamn broke that thing at a particularly violent DJ night in London. You know, but that's another story. That's another story detailed by Andrew. We'll get to that another day. Happy Meaning Wave Monday, fam bam, says Cindy Bailey. God bless you. God bless you, Cindy Bailey. Uh, Brian Scott says, hello, Don. Glad to join you all. Well, I'm glad you're here, Brian Scott. Uh, Great Flower says the universe was telling you thing. Ooh wee ooh. Yeah, the universe will do that, baby. God will do that, whatever you want to call it. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm really on just saying God these days. People say the universe, really they mean God. 
You know what I mean? They're a bit scared to say God because maybe they don't really know what God means or like it's got weird connotations for them. So they say the universe because it's vague. You know, it's big and vague and, and they feel less. But, you know, I ain't, I ain't about that. I ain't about that life. You know what I mean? So I say God. I say God, baby. You know what I mean? Because I know what I mean by God. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, yeah. Chandrick Pickens says the gift of life, though. That is awesome. Yeah. Charlie uh, Chandrick Pickens says, what do you want for your birthday? That's what my mum asked me. You know, uh, what do you want for your birthday? I said, damn, mum, I want you to, like, get me something that's a beautiful, wonderful surprise that shows how much you love me and how much you care about me and how well you know me. And she's like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. Don't you remember, mum? Because when I was little, like, my mum used to be like, oh, you get the best presents. You know, she used to say that I got her the best presents because I was mad thoughtful. You know, because I did. I remember my mum liked Oasis. And I got her, uh, they put out all of their singles in these box sets that were shaped like cigarette packages. A gold one and a silver one. They were shaped like Benson and Hedges cigarette packets. I got my mom those for her birthday, I remember. She was like, that's an amazing present. That's so thoughtful, you know? So that's, uh, that I said this to my mom. That's what I want, you know? Something thoughtful, a thoughtful thing, you know? That's all. And uh, as for you guys, you know, just, just uh, you know, smash that like. <laughs> You know, and be the best you, and be beautiful, like I know you will, because you always are. You know, Grey Flower says, Don, the hero with the music, that's me. That's the position I hold in this society. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grey Flower says, story time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've got many stories about smoking carriages. One of these days I might write a book called, In the Smoking Carriage. Just about being in the smoking carriage. Because a lot goes on in that smoking carriage. A lot goes on in that smoking area at the back of the club or outside the club. A lot goes on in that, uh, you know, that smoking uh, phone box. People used to use phone boxes for smoking in because it was raining, you know. So it would always be raining back in the day in Wales. So people would hang out, multiple people in, in, the, in the phone box, one phone box. Multiple people all inside one phone box smoking, you know, like it was uh, Doctor Who, you know. Um, where are those questions? Have they not come through to this computer? Ask Akira questions. I wrote some questions down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do a little meaning wave set tonight, by the way. You know? Oh, here you go. Red King had a question. Red King says, hey, Akira. Uh, and Alex. Directed at YouTube Hero Alex, a hero in the community. I couldn't make the stream last night for number uh, 53, was that? Yes. And was going to listen to it this morning. But it seems to be hidden on YouTube. Any idea why the stream from 11 hours ago isn't available? Thanks and keep up the good work, boyos. Yeah, that stream is uh, hidden because I played 24 songs that got blocked worldwide by the YouTube algorithm. 24 songs got blocked worldwide by the YouTube algorithm. That was the stream, I believe, from May 9th, I think it was. And uh, yeah, but um, so yeah, like every day I, I mute one of them. Because it takes hours to mute. So every day I check in on that stream and I mute it. So check back in like a month. And you'll be able to watch a version of that stream but with half the music missing. But in the meantime, if you're a member of the channel, you can download that mix. That mix is on the uh, member tab to download. It is called Indie Disco Classics Volume 1 by Akira the Don. And also if you're a member of the Patreon, you can, uh, you can get that too. You know, So that's how we regulate the vibes. If uh, the stream gets yeeted... Oh, also, you should be able to listen to a version of it on the podcast feed. The podcast feed will have an audio version of it too. You know, of the full stream. So, you know, we're doing our best. 
We're doing our best. Viola says, <laughs> this is hilarious. Why <laughs> it says, do you ever write music in a less positive mindset like Anger Wave? <laughs> what a question. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, when I was angry, I used to be mad angry, so I'd write angry music. I've written music in every emotional state I've ever been in, and I've been in many emotional states. Because back in the day, I didn't know how to regulate my emotional state. I was a victim of, uh, or I thought I was a victim, and I acted like a victim. I was like a boat on the, on the ocean, you know, carried around by the waters. I did not realize that uh, I was, in fact, uh, you know, the observer of said waters, not the waters themselves. I didn't realize, you know what I mean? So I allowed myself to be like a little dinghy cast around in a giant uh, angry ocean. And my music reflected that, you know? So if you listen to it over the years, if you listen to the mixtapes I was putting out in around 2005, they're real angry. If you want to find that angry young Akira, you can find him probably on the Wayback Machine or something like that, you know? You can find him. He's there. He was very angry. He was angry with the government. You know, he was angry with society. He was angry with the monarchy and he was angry with the Vatican. He was angry with many things because he externalized all of his problems. You see, he externalized all of his problems and all of his issues. Did that young man, that sweet, beautiful young man. You know, but uh, over the years, he learned how to uh, regulate uh, his emotions and how to uh, distance what he considered to be himself from those things. And he learned that, uh, you know, you are not those emotions, but the observer of said emotions. And you can do with them as you will. So currently, currently, I choose to uh, make music with specific modes and purposes you know, so some of it will be positive and some of it will be thoughtful and some of it will be heartbreaking and some of it will be sad. There's all sorts of vibes, you know. The song I was making today was, um, how would you put it? Optimistically angry? <laughs> and it's funny I say that as this song plays. This is the beat from Optimistic and Wrong and or Rational Optimism. And or this is the very first, the beat of a song of mine called, um, shit, what was it called? No, no excuses. That was it. It was called No Excuses. And it was just as I was beginning to work out a certain part of a mindset. This song was uh, me going, no excuses. It was basically me going, okay, I'm broke. Because I remember the day I made the song, uh, I'd spent about two hours trying, like, scrabbling down the back of the sofa looking for pennies because the electric had gone in the apartment, you know, and, uh, and, we, and I didn't have any money, you know. But I managed to scrabble together enough change eventually to get a small amount of electric to put on the electric key that went in the electric meter. And then the power came on for like an hour or something, you know? And I fired up my computer. And I was, in that moment, I realized, damn, look, this is epic. I've got electricity and a computer. I could do anything with this moment. Like sitting around moaning, oh, I'm so, why am I broke? I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, you could do anything. Look, you, right now, you've got a goddamn computer and some electricity. Shut your moaning ass. Stop ex making excuses, boy. I'll get after it. I remember that moment. It was like a, it was like a lightning bolt hit me square in the face. Foof, you know? Everything changed after that, Violet. Everything changed. What up, WordXP? Thank you for the super chat. There is no question attached to your super chat either. Um, Shouts out to you. Shouts out to Grey Flowers says, meaning cult. Yes, it is. Yeah. John Grady says, I swear this is Story Wave right now, and it's awesome. Yeah. WMIV says, that's some real stuff. It's easy to fall into that trap. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Brian Scott says, I like, I, I like, think I like this more enlightened Akira. I like, think I like this more enlightened Akira too, you know, but, um, you know, we're, this, it's, uh, 
you know we got some ways to go yet baby we got some ways to go yet you know the 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 older i grow the more i know just how little i know that's all i know baby uh trouble charger thank you for the super chat says i'm rewatching the prisoner i loved when you incorporated sound clips in your earlier work any chance of number six meaning wave in the future it's funny right because we were just talking about that my first album which is the one i recorded for interscope records uh was held together by samples from The Prisoner, which is one of the, maybe the greatest TV show of all time, but it, it was the perfect thing to tie together that record, which was about uh, the individual and the right of the individual to be individual and exist in the world. And that's uh, the experience of the child, you know, becoming aware of itself and becoming aware of the world, becoming aware of its individual nature, you know? And having that stomped out of it every turn, you know what I mean? The world be like, yo, stop this individual stuff. Bam, bam, bam. And tries to, tries to ram you into the same shape as everything else, you know? But some people manage to escape that. And increasingly now, because we're building this new world in which uh, the individual is, uh, is required more. And uh, the individual is required more explicitly. Even by, like, the vast society that would previously have shunned the individual, we now know that, damn, we need more of these individuals. Our problems are more complex than we previously thought. You know, our NA, our NA education is uh, not sufficient for all of these problems that we face. We're going to need that weird, unique unicorn creature over there, and we're going we're gonna to need that weird hippogriff over there, you know, in order to, to complete the, uh, the puzzle. You know, so that's good. <laughs> What up, Daniel Grove says, what prompted the leap to migrate to L.A.? Well, uh, that is a many faceted thing. But one easy way of looking at it, one easy way is um, sometimes life is difficult, you know. And sometimes life is difficult because you're in your own way. So I was in London. And uh, I was in London and uh, it was expensive and gray and angry and bitter and and every idea I had, it seemed that uh, it was shot down, you know, and I felt like I was banging my head into a brick wall. What's that saying? You'll never be a guru in your hometown. You know, when I first uh, got that first record deal with Jimmy Ivey, and that was a case of me going, ah, the Strokes came from America to London and blew up in London because people thought they were cool because they were from America. No one thought they were cool in America because they knew them, you know? So I was like, what if I go to America? People will think I'm cool and different. And they did. It did work like that. You know, in London, people were like, oh, that, that annoying Akira. What's he think he's doing trying to trying to mix rap and all these different genres together? Who's he think he is? You know, I went to America. Everyone was like, wow, you're amazing. Look at this. This is very interesting. Woo. And every time I went to America, I would have a wonderful time. And people would stop me on the street and go, who are you? You're brilliant. Look at you. Come to a party or something like that. And in London, people would stop a car and pull down the window and go, oi, faggot, and throw a brick at me. You know, and uh, that's true. <laughs> And I went to America for something. Um, what was it? Grant Morrison was having a festival type thing, and he asked me and Gerard Way to come out and do the music. So we did, and it was wonderful. And I popped in. Uh, I popped to LA to see my homie Wade on the way back, and I just had a wonderful time. And I thought, wait a minute. Well, no, no. Was, so I had a wonderful time. It's like I get back, and it's like, oh, it's really great. It's lovely out there. It's sunny every day, and everyone's like really interested in the music I'm doing and stuff like that. And my wife's like, oh, that's nice. You know. And I'm reading Charles Bukowski. And Charles Bukowski goes to an orgy, you know, and uh, he gets in some trouble and, uh, I don't know, someone slams his dick in a door or something. I don't know, something something happens. And, uh, you know, he gets home and he has a massive hangover and he goes to bed and he feels terrible and he wakes up at, like, one in the afternoon and he gets up and he goes to the toilet and he takes a dump and then he goes back to bed. And he says, life is as kind as you let it be. 
And like it was like um it was like, you know, it was like when when that computer switched on. And I was like, "Oh, wait. I shouldn't be moaning. I should be taking advantage of this epic computer and this electricity. I could do anything." You know that vibe? And uh it was like that. I was like, "Wait a minute. Life is as kind as you let it be." Oh, yeah. We should move to America. We should. You know, and um, oh, that was it. We, I did a gig. That was it. I did a gig that day. And it was just like the worst gig I'd ever done. It was just absolutely awful. It was just awful. It was just soul crushing. It was horrible. And afterwards, I said to my wife, I said, "You know what? This is stupid. Let's move to America." And she said, "Okay." And that was it. So we did. And uh, shit's been beautiful ever since, baby. Shit's been beautiful ever since. You know, but I'm feeling. I'm feeling. I got that feeling. We came out here five years ago, and I got that feeling. Adventure, a new adventure. I got a new adventure feeling, baby. I got a new adventure feeling in my soul. You know, so we'll see what happens. But I think a new adventure is coming. Ooh, ooh. Uh, Luke Ford says, Akira the Donna, you're going to mix some of your own quotes from tonight into fire. I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, I never think about doing myself. I don't know why. I guess it's because, like, part of me... You remember I said the reason I made Meaning Wave was partly because uh, I didn't think I was yet wise enough to make the album I wanted to make. So I was mixing in the voices of, of wise people who'd thought about stuff for a lot longer than I had while I worked out, you know, while I gained that wisdom I wanted to gain to make that third album I wanted to make. So the idea was always that I would learn stuff and I would become wiser and, you know, I'd have a son and I'd, that would help me grow wiser and what have you. And then, then I would put that into a record. I would put that into like a pop album, you know, a rap album, whatever it is. Um, so I hadn't thought about uh, sampling myself because the point of sampling uh, the vocal is to uh, get something I don't have and get something I don't know and put it in a form that can help me to integrate it. You know, Meaning Wave is basically, you know, I make it for myself, you know, and uh, the idea is that it's useful uh, to everybody. The idea is that if it's useful to me, it'll be useful to you, you know. But I hadn't thought about it. But maybe I should. Maybe I should. Uh, Daniel Groves says, uh, how old was Herc? What, when you mean when we moved here? Well, put it this way. Uh, when we got on the aeroplane, he was crawling. But when we got off the aeroplane, he was walking. That's true. That's a true story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. St. Michael says, your brother, for once I got time off work. Glad to be back. Hey, yo, congratulations. Congratulations to you on your time off work. And uh, I'm glad you're here with us. I'm choosing to spend your time with us. That is a great honor. So thank you. Uh, everyone who chooses to spend their time with us, we're very grateful. Uh, John Grady says, I think you're ready to start making music from your own wisdom. Grateful to the gods has convinced me of this. Well, grateful to the gods, you know, that was the wisdom of Marcus Aurelius, you know? That was me channeling the wisdom of uh, someone whose wisdom has lasted for 2,000 years. <laughs> but, you know... Uh, it was a great sounding record, huh? I did love that. That is a wonderful record. Uh, Luke Ford said, I've heard some nice quotes. You got a computer electricity. What the fuck are you complaining about? That's real. That's true. Uh, Yankee Level 100 says, What's important when starting on YouTube? Yo, I don't know. I mean, look, look, look YouTube don't like me. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not like I'm like someone with a, like a huge, huge YouTube channel. But, um, you know, <laughs> but uh, the important thing is to have. Uh, something that you want to communicate you know and that youtube is the right way to communicate that thing that's what's important 
You know what I mean? Because some people get in on YouTube and it's like, mm, yeah, maybe you should have been on a, on a different platform because this isn't working for you, you know? Or like, basically, I was, I was explaining this to a friend of mine earlier um, who's launching a product. And uh, it's a really cool product. I'll share it with you when it's out. It's, 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 well, it's cool if you make music. It's a very useful, useful plugin. But anyway, I was like, he was like, um, oh, what platform should I be on? And this, that, and the other. I was like, the thing you got to realize about the internet now is this, uh, it's like Los Angeles. Los Angeles is like a series of interconnected lily pads. And some people never leave the lily pad they're on. Some, those people in Burbank, some of them don't ever leave Burbank. They just stay there, you know, and that's LA to them. You know, the people in West Hollywood, some of them never leave West Hollywood, and that's LA to them. And people in downtown Los Angeles, it's the same story. You know, maybe one of them will go to uh, Santa Monica, you know, and go to the beach, but that's it. The internet's like that. Some people, they're just on YouTube, and they never leave that place. And if you don't put your thing on YouTube, they'll never see it. And some people are like that with Facebook and some people are like that with TikTok and all that type of business. But the thing is, you've got to go to the place where people are and you've got to talk to them in the language where they understand. You know, it's like uh, if you had a lemonade stand and you took it to Compton, you know what I mean? You'd be uh, pitching your lemonade differently to if you took that same lemonade stand, uh, you know, over to uh, West Hollywood. You'd be doing it in a different way and you'd be like uh, communicating your product in a slightly different way, you know? Even though it's the same thing, it's got down lemonade. You would, you'd still need to do that. So therefore, I would say, like, why is it you want to be on YouTube? What is it you want to achieve on YouTube? How could you be most useful on YouTube? Doing what it is that you want to do and communicating what you want to communicate. How could you do that in the most useful fashion, you know? And then you have to think about all those things. Uh, you know, there's like the ever-changing algorithm stuff, this, that, and the other. From what I can gather... Uh, people do well. It's a bit like, it's similar with Twitter, you know. People do well if they have one thing and stick to it and uh, do it three times a day. You know, so if like some ch channels I like to talk about comic books, they only talk about comic books. They upload three videos a day. And the reason that works is that like, if I wake up in the morning and I'm going to have a shower, I want to put something on, there's a new thing from that person for me to listen to. And uh, later in the day, if I'm having a lunch break, oh, there's another thing to, and so on and so forth, you know. So it works, and then you get built-in loyalty, and, you, and your content becomes a habit for people. You know, it becomes a habit for people. And if your stuff becomes a habit for people, then you're in, baby. And the only way you break that is if you break the habit. And uh, the only way you break the habit is by stopping doing stuff. You know, and that's down on you. That's on you. You know. Uh, shouts out to the modern comic book industry, which broke the habit of decades, decade, a decades and decades deep habit of buying comic books was broken over the past couple of months because the comic book industry stopped putting out comics because of COVID-19. I told my homie this and he said, what? That doesn't make any sense. You can make comics at home. You don't even need to go to an office to make comics. I said, yeah, it's true. He said, surely they could have put them out digitally. I said, yeah, I know. But they didn't. They're morons. And, uh, you know, morons uh, are everywhere. <laughs> God damn it. Morons are everywhere. That's some real shit. Abadonish says, what's your all-time favorite comic book character? Uh, I got a few. You know, uh, I, I really loved the OG Spider-Man when I was a kid. I really resonated with that Spider-Man, you know. I really loved Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. I resonated with him. You know, uh, I really loved, uh, I really loved your boy, uh, your boy Cerebus from Cerebus. <laughs> I love Cerebus. I love Bone from the Bone comic books. And I really love Buddy Bradley from Peter Bag's Hate. You know, I love all those guys. Great, There's lots of comic book characters I love. But that's just some of them, you know? You ever read American Splendor by Harvey Pekar? 
Harvey Pekar is one of my favorite comic book characters. And he's a guy. He's a real guy who put himself into his own comics. You know, he had Robert Crumb draw a few for him. Uh, he was just a guy with a shitty life. And he was like, I think I would be an interesting comic book character. And everyone said, shut up, Harvey Pekar. What is wrong with you? No one wants to read about your sordid, awful life. And he said, yes, they do. And he did these comics. And the way he writes his comics is he basically draws stick figures. And he draws the whole thing out with stick figures. Then he gives it to an artist. And uh, yeah, that stuff is amazing. So shout out to Harvey Pekar and American Splendor. It's a great comic book. Yeah, it is. Uh, what up, uh, Word XP? said, what would a convo between Watts and JVP be like? Well, you know, that's something I've been thinking about investigating as a, uh, as a meaning wave set. I've been thinking of investigating that very concept because that's something I wonder. I wonder, I wonder. You know, it'd be very interesting. They agree on a lot of stuff and they're diametrically opposed on a bunch of stuff as well. You know, and that's the best uh, conversations are always with people like that, right? Excuse me a second. Yeah, this beat is called The Waves with a Z. <laughs> It's a pre-meaning wave beat, but I've always been into waves, you know? John Grady says, Akira just explained why he didn't let us down the other day when the stream went out because he's trying to build a habit into us. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, the idea is that, yeah, like I said, that I would do this uh, every day while all this was going down as a... Uh, so that we have a place to come, you know? But yeah, definitely. I definitely want this to be a habit. I definitely want Meaning Waves to be a habit. You know, that's part of, like, why I make sure I'll be releasing stuff, like, as regularly as possible. And I've really been trying to hit, like, releasing on Spotify every Friday this year. Um, distribution things has meant it, like, missed a couple times. And, like, it really makes a difference. It really makes a difference. You miss just one week, man. A whole bunch of people will be like, oh, well, and they'll go find something else to do. You know? Because there's so much to do. There's so many places you could be right now. There's so many things you could be doing. The fact that you're here right now and you're here every night, my guy, that's incredible. You know, I don't take that stuff for granted. Ooh, ooh. John Grady says it's working. I was looking for something to listen to at six without even remembering this stream. Yeah, there you go. D uh, Detail by Andrew said, I'd be here more often if it wasn't 2 a.m. UK time. Yeah, I feel you, baby. St. Michael said, Hercules said 50 shows, then take a break. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? But no, we did not. We did not. Hercules now says 100. Hercules is aiming for 100 now. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, like I said, I, like, I want to be here as long as it's useful for a start. And also, I really love doing it. I really love hanging out with you guys. Um, the, the exercise has been very good for me. Uh, my calves are like bowling balls. I've lost loads of weight. Um... You know, uh, it's forcing me to uh, investigate different styles of music and play DJ sets that I otherwise wouldn't have, and that's great. It's forcing me to think about things. It's forcing me to elocute ideas. Is elocute a word? I don't think it is. And that's funny I said it in that fashion. But it's forcing me to, uh, you know, to say things that have previously just existed as, as random thought forms floating around the inside of my skull in the manner of a uh, cumulus nimbi, you know? And uh, when you, th like... You know, writing, 
writing is great because it gets thoughts into a fashion where they're, they're like 3D and you can go, oh, what is this? And it becomes tangible and you understand more of what you really mean, you know? And uh, these streams is like that. I discover a lot from this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Greyflower says, oh dear, ducks, Esval has arrived. I'm oh, good. Valvenus says, daddy's here. What up, Valvenus? Uh, we were talking about you earlier, Valvenus. They're, they're trying to get uh, gifts of you. You know? Yeah. Uh, Derna1804 says, you can go full beast mode for about a year before you become disillusioned with anything. If you want something to be sustainable, you have to build in rest. Even God rested after working for a week. Yeah, but it depends what you're doing. You know, there's certain stuff that you just do every day. Because it's what you do every day. You know? You go to the bathroom every day, baby. You know, you breathe every day. You know, some stuff, if you do it often enough, it can become like that. It can become as, as easy and as pure in a part of your existence as breathing. I found that to be true. There's certain stuff that I do every day and I have done every day for years and years and years and years and years. Now, with no burnout and no... You know, like this uh, this hyper-productivity thing, I've been doing this for over two years now. I'm not even close to bored, burnt out, tired, any of that. But, you know, we'll see where we are in another couple years and so on and so forth. But meaning is the motivation, baby. But, yeah, you know, you got to... You just got to make sure you don't, yeah, you don't want to exhaust yourself. And I've come close to that in some times. Uh, you know, that's why I haven't done the 1 p.m. upload for the past week. Uh, I had to pull back a little bit because I was just up till six in the morning every day for uh, like five weeks, I think it was. Just kind of killing myself on that schedule. So I had to, I had to pull back a little bit. You know? But that's cool. What up, Detail Banji? Thank you for the super chat. No question attached. We got a, another advanced, sent in advance question. Uh, GN I get this one a lot so it's worth putting out GN uh, GNZLZ says Akira can I use your music as background music for my YouTube videos and then Ugg says hey I'm wondering how I can use Akira's music in a video documentary project I've never tried to use someone's music before and I'm just curious how I might pursue getting slash purchasing approval or just deferring monetizations with Kira. I'm going to read through all the info on here. Uh, anyway. So, uh, yes. And Jungunzels. <laughs> yeah, I always say, you know, um, honestly, I'm always honored if someone wants to use my music in their stuff. And if you want to use your, my music in your Twitch stream or your YouTube video, whatever it is, you're very welcome. And what I've done is uh, my distributor that, that distributes my music. Music distributors, what they do is they... Um, uh, they collect from youtube as well so if your music is on a youtube video they claim that video and they, they get all the money from that youtube video and i think that is bullshit and i think that's ridiculous and i would never want to penalize someone for sharing my music it doesn't make any sense to me uh so i've been in in a in a sort of heated uh discussion with my distributor for the past two weeks and they just confirmed that they're gonna not do that and uh they're not going to claim any YouTube videos. And so it means they, because, you know, they take a percentage of my revenue. So it means they're, they're not getting revenue, which is why they push for doing that. But it's, yeah, it's like I would rather not, you know. So, yeah, if anyone wants to use my music, you can use it in your videos and you will not get your revenue taken from you. The video will not get claimed, you know. And then if you want to put it in a documentary, if it's something that's going to make money and be released commercially, 
then that's like a different matter and just chuck us an email uh you can find the you know the letitia email address is pretty easy to find and uh and we'll hook something up you know so that's the deal with that you know i'm honestly i'm very grateful to anyone that shares my music in any way shape or form frankly uh you know i'm, I'm incredibly grateful for that and honored that you would want to use my music in your stuff and it really baffles me when people get weird about that shit. but whatever <laughs> Deadwood. Holgard says, will we ever see a Bruce Lee wave? And I can confirm the answer is yes. Piso Cat asks, uh, on the Goggins album, is the melody on the cookie jar a Pink Floyd sample? Off of Echoes. The answer is no. Not as far as I know. Not deliberately. And I don't know if I've, even, I've heard... Uh, uh, Echoes. I don't know. Is that a song or an album? I actually don't know very much about Pink Floyd. How about that? I'm not. Pink, yeah, I'm not massively um, educated on Pink Floyd. You know, I know the Wall. That's. I know Money. I know that song Money. I know the song The Wall, and that's about it. Actually, I'm pretty ignorant on Pink Floyd. I know that might be shocking to some, but yeah. But you know, it's possible. I mean, like sometimes you hear songs, you know, in the shower. I mean, sorry, in the supermarket. And then they come out in your songs years later and you thought it was all you, you know what I mean? Or like you didn't know where it had come from. So that's possible. I had a dream the other night, <laughs> right? And, um, you know, we've been talking about this since since uh, since lockdown. Dreams have been a lot more vivid. And this, but this one, you know, my wife woke me up and I was like in the middle of this dream. And it was one of those ones where you're like, nah, like I have to go back into this dream because it's kind of important. And what was going on in the dream was I was DJing with my mind. But I wasn't just DJing, I was composing the song and executing it with my mind in real time in a DJ situation. So it was like a live club type situation, only uh, it was almost like an infinite field. And it was like a digital realm. So I'm pretty sure this, was, this wasn't a dream, I think this was the future. And it was like a sort of like infinite digital realm. And ev all, everyone was there, so it was you guys. And it's all like your avatars. How you imagine yourself. You know, I remember there were some giant, like, weird 3D chipmunk type things and some sort of fairies and goblin type. There was a lot of mythical looking creatures and, and sci-fi looking creatures and, and kind of plants, like sentient plants, you know. And um, there was no floor, so to speak. You know, it was kind of infinite levels. And it just many, many people, people as far as you could go and people in these, in these thought form, visual representations of themselves. And I was DJing with my mind, so I was composing the whole song and all the music and the drums and the melody and everything and everything about it, I was composing there and then. And I was able to slow it down and shape it and form it and make it, and just the whole thing. But it was required really, really intense concentration. Because at the same time as doing that, I also had to be concentrating on everybody else and feeling them. In that way that you do when you DJ, but like really, really intensely, like oh, we need that person over there is a bit sad and we need to do this with the music over here. And, but it can't negatively affect over there. And um, it was very, I was, it made complete sense how I was doing it. Uh, I understood how to do it. Uh, this, you know, it worked. It was wonderful. And I remember what it sounded like. And um, I remember the shape of it. 
and uh, there's just the perfect balance of it. There's a thing when you're like making music the way we make music now, and it's a bit like you. It's a bit like you. You know, you're hitting a rock with a hammer, hoping that Michael, like hoping that Michelangelo's David comes out. You know, it's a bit like blunt force trauma, like just yank this EQ here and that'll do that frequency and make it the shape we want it to be. It's very crude right now. It's really amazing, like what it is compared to what it could be and what it will be, what it will be. And I think it will be. I think this thing that I was dreaming, I think that was, uh, I think that was the future. I don't think I was dreaming. I think I was like in, you know, I was time traveling or something. And I think that's what we will have. And I think we'll have it, like, I don't know, not too long. I think we'll have it in our lifetime. I think I will be doing that. I think I will be doing that, brothers and sisters. So that's pretty exciting. You yeah. know? Derna1804 says, You were dreaming what it would be like to be God. God is the DJ and we're just dancing along. Yeah, but you're God, so what's that mean? What's that mean? You're God too, baby. There's no just dancing. There's no just dancing. Participation is as important a part of the creation as anything else. You know, without the audience, there is no DJ. Yo, yo. What up, Detail by Andrew? Says, I am an idiot. That's super chess. I have sussed it. If you could travel back in time to give a lesson to your past self, what age and what lesson? You know, it's a tricky one, man, because I wouldn't want to uh, mess up this timeline. Uh, we watched Back to the Future last night. Uh, Charlotte and Hercules and I, Hercules saw Back to the Future for the first time. Look, his mum is in love with him. His mum likes him. Ha! You know, and Back to the Future don't make any sense at all. Doesn't make any sense at all because, you know, you're like, all right, so if you cease to exist, then you're not actually going to come back and do that thing that makes you cease to exist and, and like, oh, this it's just... That, that mode of time travel don't make any sense in his head doing. But, like, you know, if you were to go back in time and tell yourself something, it would, affect, it would mean the future wouldn't be now. So I wouldn't be able to go back and tell myself in the past anything at all because I wouldn't know what I... If I went past and gave that kid some cheat codes, the problem with cheat codes is you miss a load of lessons. You know what I mean? It's like uh, you're playing a computer game, you know what I mean? You just cheat code that shit and just get like all the money and the superpowers at the beginning. That game is boring and it sucks and you miss out on all the important bits of learning and all that type of thing, you know? And if you're ever put in a position where the cheat code was suddenly gone, you wouldn't know what to do. So going back in time and giving yourself some cheat codes, that's just stupid, man. That would be a terrible thing to do. However, if, if, I, was, if I was forced at a gun to do it, you know, um, or if it was, I was going to be reborn and I just wanted to retain one, one, one bit of information, I would say, and it's something I, I, I kind of used to have, and then, and then I had it, I knew it, and I acted by it for many, many years that I can remember. And then I was convinced that it was not the case. Um, and then I had to rediscover the lesson. The lesson was, is everything is your fault. <laughs> one way of putting it is and everything is you you are your responsibility no one else is nothing outside of you nothing outside of you nothing and I, I was on that wave when i was little and it's why like i was in fights every day and i was like bullied all the time and shit of that nature and i ain't gonna fuck you know what i mean i would just fight these people every day but like, whatever you know and it's because I, I i had this sort of mad sort of self-responsibility type thing from like mad early like i had jobs as long as i could remember i had a job when i was like seven you know like, 
I always had jobs, all that type of thing. I was always mad self-responsible. Uh, and then at some point in like early, late teens, early 20s, I got convinced by people that, oh yeah, but oh, the government and our oh, society and all this type of thing. And it started like externalizing, started externalizing responsibility in a way and then getting angry and feeling like victimized. You know, I didn't feel like a victim when I was a little kid getting bullied every day. I didn't actually feel like a victim then, you know. I felt like I, I would be able to get through it and I had control over it. And I could tell them to go fuck themselves. And, you know, I could punch them in the face. And they might be stronger than me, they might eventually beat me, but it didn't matter. Because if I could tell them to go fuck themselves and punch them in the face, then I was still powerful. And I was cool, you know. And uh, I always knew I'd get through it and I'd get out. And I knew that once I got out, it'd be dope and I'd be able to go find my people. Because I knew that pe my people weren't where I was, but I knew they were somewhere, you know. And I knew that, like, whatever I wanted to find, it was really, it was in, I knew that it was in me already. And I knew that I just to take myself to the opportunity. I knew that luck uh, is opportunity and preparation and all that type of thing. And then a bunch of that smartness got stomped out of me or, like, argued out of me by, like, faux intellectual morons. <laughs> and I had to relearn that shit again. It's so funny. Life is just this big cycle of learning and unlearning and relearning and unlearning and learning and unlearning. You know what I mean? I always had this theory that, like, a baby kind of knows everything. You know what I mean? Like, like, you're born, you know as much as you do when you die type situation. It's the same thing. That's what you know. You know? But, uh, anyway. So, yeah, that would be the answer to that. Detailed by Andrew. Oh, my goodness. Bars. Yeah. Yo, that's crazy. This I'm playing just random tracks in my instrumental folder. This shouldn't even be in the instrumental folder. This is a demo of a song I wrote for somebody else. But you can hear what I was saying there in the chorus was basically what I was just saying in the words I was just saying before this song came up. That's bonkers. What the heck? Yo, that's nuts. What a sign to be alive. Damn, baby. I forgot about this joint. I wonder what happened to this joint. Basically, the guy who did this beat uh, was was pitching this to some K-pop group. I don't know what happened with it. Yo, did I just make a Pink Floyd reference after we just spoke about Pink Floyd? What? Trying to figure out what was wrong On the way back round To the beginning where I was from Damn, son, what, a, what, a, what, is, what is this life? What is this thing? What is this? What even is this? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Cat the Younger says, Akira, what does your day-to-day -day look like in quarantine? 
Well, it looks pretty good, baby. It's very aesthetically pleasing. You know, I live in Los Angeles. That's one nice thing about here. It's aesthetically pleasing. There's a palm tree right there. I can actually see dozens of palm trees on the Hollywood sign just right now out this window. But uh, so it looks like that. And it looks sunny most days because that's what the place is. And, uh, you know, I get up and uh, I'm awoken by the sweet sounds of uh, my son being homeschooled by my beautiful wife. And, uh, you know, the sweet sounds of, uh, of that. And uh, get up and we go to the coffee shop. You know, we, we get, we get bandanaed up and go to the coffee shop. You know, because we're waiting for our Meaning Wave masks to arrive. Hopefully they'll be arriving very soon. Uh, we were just uh, talking with the princes earlier. And, uh, yeah, we go get coffee. You know, then I come back here. Hang on. This chorus is good. Let me put it back on. Yeah, yeah. crazy that's an unreleased demo that akira the don and, and gogs did for a k-pop group a couple of years ago <laughs> that just weirdly came in and, and serendipitously serendipity did this whole vibe shout out to that and uh yeah so the day the day the day during quarantine yeah 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 so wake up to the sweet sounds of the homeschooling going down uh, go to the coffee shop get some coffee have a nice you know walk allegedly back with the fam come up here uh answer youtube comments answer emails answer dms all that type of thing uh deal with uh problems <laughs> there's always some problems have emerged overnight deal with those then do some music make some music uh then then do the meaning stream you know at some point during the day my wife will bring up uh, a plate of uh, bacon uh today there was a, a burger in there as well you know and then after the meaning stream i go downstairs and hang out with the family a little bit eat a steak you know, play a little bit with a herc. And uh, then they go to bed. And I come back up here and work on some music some more. And uh, yeah, I do that until I can't do it no more. You know, then I then I fall asleep, baby. And that's, that's, that's every day. <laughs> some days there'll be a podcast in there, you know. Some days there'll be, uh, I'll talk to my mom, you know. That's, that's pretty much how it goes right now. Yeah. Oh, oh. Internet crustacean says Akira, what is your only hope in life and death? You know, I would say my hope in, uh, in life is to live baby and my hope in death is to have lived you know they say it takes a lifetime to learn how to die but you know it takes a lifetime to learn how to live baby you know what I mean I'm just working on that I'll be working on that X Hammer X13 Thor says what kind of anime does your son or wife enjoy I've been enjoying Hinoramu Zumu Sumu I don't even, what? 
Hinomaru Zumo Sumo Anime Season 1. I don't know this. And binge reading the manga. Anyways, enjoying your meaning wave and synth wave. Cheers. Thank you, my guy. Uh, well, the uh, we've been enjoying the Ghibli stuff. We've been working our way through the Ghibli stuff. You know, so as a family, we've been enjoying that. And uh, Hercules also likes um, Pokemon and uh, what's the one? Yokai Watch? He likes that Yokai Watch. It basically seems like Pokemon, but with ghosts, I guess, you know? Yeah. And uh, St. Michael says, there's no such thing as death. Life is just a dream and we're all the universe experiencing itself. Yeah, that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> Avedonish says, spirited away makes me cry every time. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. AI says, Yokai Watch is so popular. Yokai Watch. No, 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 no. I get the theme confused with um, story blocks. I just realized. Yokai Watch. Do, 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 do. You know, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, me and my wife were watching Paranoia Agent a little while back, and that was great. I love Paranoia Agent. Paranoia Agent is one of the greatest things ever. Because it's Satoshi Khan, you know, and Satoshi Khan is, is just uh, the best. I love Satoshi Khan. Oh, man. Obviously, we want to be wealthy. Akira. You might know him, uh, he did Perfect Blue in Tokyo Godfathers and Paprika. But yeah, my favorite thing he, he did was Paranoia Agent. But he died in 2010 on August 24th at the age of 46. And uh, he wrote this letter. And uh, it's one of the most extraordinary things I ever read. And I, re and I reread it every year. And it, he wrote it just before he died. And he titled it Sayonara. It says, How could I forget May 18th of this year? I received the following pronouncement from a cardiovascular doctor at Musashino Red Cross Hospital. It's the latter stages of pancreatic cancer. It's metastasized to several bones. You have at the most half a year left to live. My wife and I listened together. It was a fate so unexpected and untenable that the two of us together could barely take it. I used to honestly think that I can't help it if I die any day. Still, it was so sudden. To be sure, there were some signs. Two to three months before that, I'd had strong pains in several places on my back and the joints of my legs. I'd lost strength in my right leg and found it hard to walk, and I'd be going to an acupuncturist and a chiropractor. But I wasn't getting any better. So, after having been examined in MRI and a PETCT and such advanced machinery came the sudden pronouncement of the time that I had left. It was as if death had positioned itself right behind me before I knew it and that there was nothing I could do. After the pronouncement, my wife and I researched ways to prolong my life. It was literally a life or death situation. We received the support of staunch friends and strong allies. 
I rejected anti-cancer med medication and tried to live with a view that the world slightly different from the norm, of the world slightly different from the norm. The fact that I rejected what was expected, normal, seems to me to be very much like me. I've never really felt that I belonged with the majority. It was the same for medical care as with anything else. Why not try to keep living according to my own principles? However, as is the case when I'm trying to create a work, a film, one's willpower alone didn't do the job. The illness kept progressing day by day. On the other hand, as a member of society, I do accept at least half of what society in general holds to be right. I do pay taxes. I'm far from being an upstanding citizen, but I am a full member of Japanese society. So aside from the things I needed to do to prolong my life from my own point of view, I also attempted to do all the things necessary to be ready to die properly. I don't think I managed to do it properly though. But one of the things I did was with the cooperation of two friends that I could trust, set up a company to take care of the things like the measly number of copyrights that I hold. Another thing that I did was to ensure that my wife would take over my modest assets that I had smoothly by writing a will. Of course, I didn't think there would be any fighting over my legacy or anything, but I wanted to make sure that my wife, who would remain behind in this world, would have nothing to worry about. And besides, I wanted to remove the anxiety from myself, the one who was going to take a little hop over there before I had to leave. The paperwork and research necessary for these tasks, which neither my wife nor I were good at doing, were taken care of speedily by wonderful friends. Later on, when I developed pneumonia and was at death's door, and put my final signature on the will, I thought that if I died right then and there, it couldn't be helped. Ah, I can die at last. After all, I'd been brought by ambulance to the Miyoshino Red Cross Hospital two days before that, then brought back again to the same hospital by ambulance the day after. Even I had to be hospitalized and undergo many examinations. The result of these examinations, pneumonia, water in my chest, and when I asked the doctor straight out, the answer I received was very businesslike, and I was in a way grateful for that. You may last one or two days. Even if you survive this, you probably have until the end of the month. As I listened, I thought, it's like he's telling me the weather forecast, but still the situation was dire. That was July the 7th. It was a rather brutal Tanabata for sure. So I decided right there and then, that I wanted to die at home. I might inconvenience the people around me, but I asked them to see how I could escape and go back home. I was able to do so, thanks to my wife's efforts, the hospital's cooperation, despite their position of having given up on me, the tremendous help of other medical facilities, and the coincidences that were so numerous that they only seemed to be gifts from heaven. I've never seen so many coincidences and events falling into place so neatly in real life. I could barely believe it. This wasn't Tokyo Godfathers, after all. While my wife was running around getting things in place for my escape, I was pleading with doctors. If I can go home for even half a day, there are things I can still do. And then waiting alone in the depressing hospital room for death. I was lonely, but this is what I was thinking. Maybe dying won't be so bad. I didn't... I didn't have any reasons for it, and perhaps I needed to think like that. But I was surprisingly calm and relaxed. However, there was just one thought that was gnawing away at me. I don't want to die here. As I thought that, something moved out from the calendar on the wall 
and started to spread around the room. Oh dear, a lion marching out from the calendar. My hallucinations aren't at all original. I had to smile at the fact that my professional instincts were working even at times like this, but in any case, I was probably the nearest to the land of the dead that I'd ever been at that point. I really felt death very close to me. But with the help of many people, I miraculously escaped Musashino Red Cross and came back home, wrapped up in the land of the dead and bedsheets. I should emphasize I have no criticism or hatred for Musashino Red Cross Hospital, so do not misconstrue me. I just wanted to go home to my own house, the house where I live. I was a little surprised that when I was being carried into my living room as a bonus, I experienced that deathbed experience everyone is familiar with, of looking down on your body being carried into the room from a place high above. I was looking down on myself and the scene around me from a position several meters above the ground, through a wide-angle fish lens and flashlighting. The square of my bed in the middle of the room seemed very large and prominent, and my sheet-wrapped body was being lowered into the middle of the square. None too gently, it seemed, but I'm not complaining. So all I had to do was wait for my death in my own home. However, it seems that I was able to overcome the pneumonia. Eh? I did think like this in a way. I didn't manage to die. Afterwards, when I could think of nothing else but death, I thought that I did indeed once die then. In the back of my mind, the word reborn wavered several times. Amazingly, after then, my life force was rejuvenated. From the bottom of my heart, I believe this is due to the people who helped me. First and foremost, my wife and my supportive friends, the doctors and nurses and the care managers. Now that my life force had been restarted, I couldn't waste my time. I told myself I'd been given an extra life and I had to spend it carefully. So I thought that I wanted to, to erase at least one of the irresponsibilities that I'd left behind in this world. To be truthful, I only told the people closest to me about the cancer. I hadn't even told my parents. In particular, because of various work-related complications, I couldn't say anything to people, even if I wanted to. I wanted to announce my cancer on the internet and report on my remaining life, but if Satoshi's death was scheduled, there might be some waves made. And however small, for these reasons, I acted very irresponsibly, ir irresponsibly towards some people I know, and I am so sorry. There were so many people I wanted to see before I died, to say even one word of greeting to. Family and relatives, old friends and classmates from elementary and middle and high school, the mates I met in college, the people I met in manga world who, with whom I exchanged so much inspiration, the people in the anime world whose desks I sat next to, went drinking with, with whom I competed on the same works, the mates with whom I shared good health in bad times, the countless people I was able to know because of my position as a film director. The people who call themselves my fans, not only in Japan, but around the world. The friends I'd made via the web. There's so many people that I wanted to see at least once. Well, there are some I don't want to see too. But if I see them, I'm afraid that the thought that I can never see this person again will take me over and I wouldn't be able to greet death gracefully. Even if I'd recovered, I had very little life force left and it took a lot of effort to see people. The more people wanted to see me, the harder it was for me to see them. Oh, what irony. In addition, my lower body was paralyzed due to the cancer spreading into my bones, and I was prone on my bed, and I didn't want people to see my emaciated body. I wanted most of the people I knew to remember me as the Satoshi that was full of life. I'd like to use this space to apologize to my relatives, friends, and acquaintances for not telling you about my cancer, for my irresponsibility. 
Please understand this was Satoshi's selfish desire. I mean, Satoshi Kon was that kind of guy. When I envision your faces, I only have good memories. And remember your great smiles. Everyone, thank you for the truly great memories. I loved the world I lived in. Just the fact, just the fact that I can think that makes me happy. Many people that I met throughout my lifetime, whether they were positive or negative, have helped to shape the human being that is Satoshi Kon. And I am grateful for all those encounters. Even in the end result, even if the end result is an early death in my mid-40s, I've accepted this as my own unique destiny. I've had so many positive things happen to me after all. The thing about, the thing I think about death now, I can only say it's too bad. Really. However, even though I can let go of many of my irresponsible actions by not telling people, I cannot help regretting two things about my parents and about Madhouse founder, Mariyuma-san. Even though I was rather late, there was no choice for, but for me to come clean with the whole truth and I wanted to beg them for forgiveness. As soon as I saw Mariyuma-san's face when he came to see me at home, I couldn't stop the flow of tears or my feeling of shame. I'm so sorry for ending up like this. Mariyuma-san said nothing and just shook his head and gripped both my hands. I was filled with thankfulness, feelings of gratitude and joy that I'd been lucky enough to work with this person. came over me like a landslide. It may be selfish, but I felt as though I'd been forgiven in that instant. My biggest regret is the film Dreaming Machine. I'm worried not only about the film itself, but about the staff with whom I was able to work with on the film. After all, there is a strong possibility that the storyboards that were created with our blood, sweat and tears will never be seen. This is because Satoshi Kon put his arms around the original story, the script, the characters, the characters and the settings, the sketches and the music, every single image. Of course, there are things that I shared with the animation director, the art director and the other staff members, but basically most of the work can only be understood by Satoshi Kon. It is easy to say that it was my fault for arranging things this way, but from my point of view, I made every effort to share my vision with others. However, in my current state, I can only feel deep remorse for my inadequacies in these areas. I'm really sorry to all of the staff. However, I want them all to understand, if only a little bit. Satoshi Kon was that kind of guy, and that's why he was able to make rather weird anime that was a bit different. I know this is a selfish excuse, but think of my cancer and please forgive me. I haven't been idly waiting for death. Even now I'm thinking with my weak brain of ways to let the world live, to let the work live, even after I'm gone. But they're all shallow ideas. When I told Mariyuma-san about my concerns about Dreaming Machine, he said, don't worry, we'll figure something out. So don't worry. I wept. I wept uncontrollably. Even with my previous movies, I've been so irresponsible with the productions and the budgets, but I always had Mariyuma-san figure it out for me in the end. This time is no different. I really have not changed. I was able to talk to my heart's content with Mariyuma-san. Thanks to this, I was able to feel, at least a little, that Satoshi Kon's talents and skills were of some value in our in industry. I regret losing your talent. I wish that you were able to leave it for us. If Madhouse's Mariyuma-san says that, I can go to the Neverworld with a little bit of self-pride after all. And of course, even without anyone else telling me this, I do feel regret that my weird visions and ability to draw things in minute detail will be lost. But that can't be helped. I'm grateful from the bottom of my heart. 
that Maruyama-san gave me the opportunity to show the world these things. Thank you so very much. Satoshi Kant was happy as an animation director. It was heartbreaking to tell my parents. I'd really intended to go up to Sapporo where my parents live while I was still able to, but my illness progressed so unexpectedly and annoyingly fast that I ended up calling them on the telephone from the hospital room as I was closest to death. I am in the late stages of cancer and will die soon. I was so happy being born as a child to you, father and mother. Thank you. They must have been devastated to hear this out of the blue, but I was certain I was going to die right then. But then I came back home and survived the pneumonia. I made the big decision to see my parents. They wanted to see me too, but it was going to be so hard to see them and I didn't have the will to. But I wanted to see my parents' faces one last time. I wanted to tell them how grateful I was that they brought me into this world. I've been a happy person. Even though I must apologize to my wife, my parents, and all the people I, that I love, that lived out my life that I, a bit faster than most. My parents followed my selfish wishes and came the next day from Sapporo to my house. I can never forget the first words out of my mother's mouth when she saw me lying there. I'm so sorry for not bringing you into this world with a stronger body. I was speechless. I could only spend a short time with my parents, but that was enough. I had felt that if I saw their faces, that it would be enough. And it really turned out that way. Thank you, Father Mother. I'm so happy that I was born into this world as the child of the both of you. My heart is full of memories and gratitude. Happiness itself is important, but I'm so grateful that you taught me to appreciate happiness. Thank you so very much. It is so disrespectful to die before one's parents, but in the last 10 plus years, I've been able to do what I want as an anime director, achieve my goals and get some good reviews. I do feel regret that my films didn't make a lot of money, but I think they got what they deserved. In these last 10 plus years in particular, I felt as though I've lived more intensively than other people. And I think my parents understood what was in my heart. Because of the visits by Mariyuma-san and my parents, I feel as though I've taken a big burden off of my shoulders. Lastly, to my wife about who I worry the most, but who's been my support until the end. Since that time left pronouncement, we drowned ourselves in tears together so many times. Every day was brutal for both of us, physically and mentally. There are almost no words for it. But the reason why I was able to survive those difficult days was because of the words that you said to me right after we received the news. I will be at your side, run with you, until the end. True to those words, as though you were leaving my worries in the dust, you skillfully directed the demands and requests that came rushing towards us like a landslide and quickly learned how to take care of your husband. I was so moved watching you deal with things so efficiently. My wife is awesome. 
No need to keep saying that. Now you say, no, no. You are even more awesome now than you ever were. I truly feel this. Even after I've died, I believe that you will send Satoshi Khan to the next world with grace. Ever since we got married, I was so wrapped up in work, work, work that I was only able to spend some time at home after the cancer. Such a shame. But you stood close to me. You always understood that I needed to immerse myself in my work. That my talent was there. I was happy, truly happy, during my life. And as I wait for death, I just can't express the gratitude to you enough. Thank you. There are so many things, countless things that I worry about. But everything needs an end. Lastly, to Dr. H, who agreed to see me to the end in my home. Even though it's something not done these days, and his wife and nurse, Kaysan, I would like to express my deepest gratitude. Medical care in a private home is very inconvenient, but you patiently dealt with the numerous aches and pains that cancer brings on and endeavored to make my time until the final goal called death be as comfortable as possible. I can't say how much you helped me. And you didn't just deal with a difficult and arrogant patient as if it were just your jobs, but communicated with me as human beings. I cannot say how much of a support you were to me and how much you saved me. I was encouraged by your qualities as human beings several times. I am deeply, deeply grateful. And this is the last thing. But from shortly after I received that pronouncement in mid-May until now, I've been lucky to have the cooperation to help and mental support both personally and in business from two friends. My friend T, who's been a friend since high school and is a member of the Constone Inc. and producer H, I thank you both from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. It is hard for me with my measly vocabulary, measly vocabulary to express my gratitude adequately to you both. My wife and I have both received so much from me. If you two hadn't been there for this, I'm sure that I'd be anticipating death while looking at my wife here as she sits by my side with considerably more trepidation and worry. I'm really in your debt. And if I may ask you one more thing, could you help my wife send me over to the other side after my death? I'd be able to get on that flight with my mind at rest if you could do that for me. I ask this from my heart. So to everyone who stuck with me through this long document, thank you. With my heart full of gratitude for everything good in the world. I'll put down my pen. Now excuse me, I have to go. Satoshi Khan. Sergi Khan, what a goddamn guy, what a guy. I don't know if you've ever seen any of his stuff, but yeah, uh, Perfect Blue, classic obviously, uh, Paranoia Agent might be one of the best like anime series ever, and like, that is, 
you know, like I said, I, I read that, like, I try and read it, like, once a year. I don't know if I read it last year. I'd forgotten how hardcore it was. Like, and it hits different. Every time I read it, it hits different, because you're in a different place in your life, and you understand it differently, you know? And, um, yeah, that's just, anyway, that's an amazing thing. An amazing thing to have, one last thing to give the world that, you know? Consider death. Say the Stoics... You know, thus that you may appreciate life. And I appreciate life, brothers and sisters. If there's one thing about Akira the Dawn, Akira the Dawn appreciates life, goddammit. And Akira the Dawn appreciates you. And Akira the Dawn appreciates the gods. Yeah, yeah. I had good grandparents, a good mother and father, a good sister, good teachers, good servants, relatives, friends, nearly everything good. And that I never lost control of myself with any of them, although I had it in me to do that, and I might have easily. But thanks to the gods, I was never put in that position, and so I escaped that test. I was never put in that position And so I escaped that test And that I wasn't longer raised by my granddad's girlfriend I didn't lose my virginity too early And didn't enter adulthood until it was time Hell, I put it up That I had someone as a ruler and father yeah. Who could keep me from arrogance To live in a palace without bodyguards Without fancy dresses or torches or statues or such like show That you can live much like a regular person Not remiss in action or careless or ruler When carrying out official obligations I had the kind of brother I did One whose character challenged me to improve my own One whose love and affection enriched my whole life That my children were born Stupid or physically deformed Electrical poetry, they could consume me If I had seen progress, might never have given them up That I confide on the people who brought me up The honors that they seemed to want early on Instead of putting them off, since they were still young With the hopes I'd do it later That I knew Apollonius, and Rusticus, and Maximus that I was shown clearly enough to know what it would be like to live as nature requires Thanks to the gods He did all he could Through the gifts, the help, the inspiration To ensure that I could live as nature demands Yo, 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 Marcus Marcus, hey yo, shout out to you guys. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, sh- I'm, I'm weird. I told you I've been reading that thing. Like I read that to myself like every year or so, and I honestly had forgotten how hardcore it was. And uh, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, um, yeah. God bless that man. You know, uh, shout out to Mr. Gamsrabad. Says rest in power, Satoshi Khan. You know he does. You know he does. Uh, what up, Mike B? Says, thank you for reading this and thank you for regulating the vibes every damn day during this quarantine. Regulate it! Yeah, right. Regulate those vibes and uh, read that heartbreaking letter. But it's, like, so beautiful. You know? Like, it's, you know, consider death. Consider death, as, as the Stoics and your boy Alan Watts says. This is a song from the new Alan Watts album about that very thing. 
Yo! Bap, bap. So, this is a view of the world as a system of mutual exploitation and of maximal selfishness. Now, it's a very profitable view to explore. Everybody should do in their lifetime sometimes two things. One is to consider death. To observe skulls and skeletons. Consider death. And to wonder what it will be like to go to sleep and never wake up. Never. That is a very gloomy thing for contemplation. But it's like manure. Just as manure fertilizes the plants and so on. So the contemplation of death and the acceptance of death is very highly generative of creative life. You'll get wonderful things out of that. And the other thing to contemplate is to follow the possibility of the idea that you are totally selfish. That you don't have a good thing to be said for you at all. You're a complete, utter rascal. Yeah, yeah. You're a complete, utter rascal. Now, the, the Christians have avoided this. Because all those they say in their Episcopalian form of confession that we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep and we have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. Too much. You know. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things we ought to have done and done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no help in us. But it ought to be different. And we're going to do our best to amend with the help of God's grace. That is a real con act. If you equate health with genuine love and perfect unselfishness, then in that sense there is no health in us when we look at ourselves from this point of view. Consider death. To observe skulls and skeletons. Consider death. And to wonder what it will be like to go to sleep and never wake up. Never. Consider death. To observe skulls and skeletons. Consider death. And to wonder what it will be like to go to sleep and never wake up. Never. Carry the Don and Alan Watts from that brand new Watts Wave 6. You can pre-order that now at the link in the description of this video. You can go back that Watts Wave 6 campaign. You can pre-order the digital. Uh, you can also get vinyl for the first time ever. You can go get vinyl. Beautiful, beautiful vinyl. You know, so I think you should do that. You might want to consider doing that today. And uh, see if we can get over this 75%. We're at 73. Be good to get over 75. Yes, it would, baby. Yes, it would. Uh, shout out to everyone that's been supporting this campaign, and uh, I'm very excited about it uh, happening. I'm just super excited to get Meaning Wave in 3D. It's, it feels like it's been a, it's been a, it's been a fucking, <laughs> it's been a fucking long life to get to this point. Holy shit, damn. Yo, anyway, 
That's the social kind of thing. Full blown messed me up. I'm gonna have to go uh, go for a walk after this stream. I think I'm gonna have to go for a walk. You know, just go walk uh, around the hills or something. But I'm gonna play you a couple songs now. I'm gonna do a little baby little meaning wave set. You know, play some meaning wave songs. Uh, <laughs> on the subject of meaning uh, and the meaning in today. There is no hope in time. And everything is going to get worse in time. Because, as you know, it does. So we all fall apart in the end. Everything falls apart. Institutions, buildings, nations. It all crumbles. And people say, well, that's an awfully pessimistic philosophy. Well, is it? Well, is it? I would rather say that the people who have hope in the future are the miserable people. Because they're like donkeys. Chasing carrots that are dangled before their noses. From sticks attached to their collars. And they pursue and they pursue in vain. Always hoping that tomorrow will be the great thing. Do something, do something, 
which is good philosophy. The angry man seems to turn his back on reason out of a kind of pain and in a convulsion. But the man motivated by desire, who is mastered by pleasure, seems somehow more self-indulgent, less manly in his sins. Theophrastus is right and philosophically sound. To say the sin committed out of pleasure deserves a harsher rebuke than the one committed out of pain. The angry man is more like a victim of wrongdoing. Provoked by pain to anger, the other man rushes into wrongdoing on his own. Moved to action by desire, you could leave life right now. Without determining what you do and say and think, you could leave life right now. You could leave life right now. You could leave life right now. Without determining what you do and say and think, you could leave life right now. If the gods exist, then to abandon human beings is not frightening. The gods would never subject you to harm. Yeah. And if they don't exist or don't care what happens to us, what would be the point of living in a world without gods or providence? Well, they do exist. They do care what happens to us, and everything a person needs to avoid real harm, they have placed within it. If there were anything harmful on the other side of death, they would have made sure that the ability to avoid it was within you. If it doesn't harm your character, how can it harm your life? Nature would not overlook such dangers through failing to recognize, or because it's thought them but was powerless to prevent or correct them. To prevent or correct them hey, hey. Nor would it ever Through inability or incompetence Make such a mistake as to let Good and bad things happen Indiscriminately to good and bad alike Good and bad alike Good and bad alike But death and life, success and failure Pain and pleasure, wealth and poverty All these happen to good and bad alike Good and bad alike Good and bad alike Good and bad alike But death and life Success and failure, pain and pleasure All these happen to good and bad alike And they ain't even noble nor shameful And hence they're neither good nor bad You could leave life right now Let that determine what you do and say and think You could leave life right now You could leave life right now You could leave life right now Let that determine what you do and say and think
clout. Facts. To the extent that specific Woo! knowledge is taught, it's on the job. It's through apprenticeships, and that's why the best careers are the apprenticeship careers, because those are things society still has not figured out how to train and automate yet. The classic line here is that Warren Buffett went to Benjamin Graham when he got out of school, and Benjamin Graham was the author of the Intelligent Investor, sort of modernized or created value investing as a discipline. And Warren Buffett went to Benjamin Graham and offered to work for him for free. And Graham said, "Actually, you're overpriced. Free is overpriced." And Graham was absolutely right. When it comes to a very valuable apprenticeship like the type that Graham was going to give Buffett, Buffett should have been paying him a lot of money. And that right there tells you that those are skills worth knowing. Specific knowledge also tends to be technical and creative. So on the bleeding edge of technology, on the bleeding edge of art, on the bleeding edge of communication, even today, for example, there are probably meme lords out there on the internet who can create incredible memes that will spread the idea to millions of people. Akira. Incredible memes that will spread the idea to millions of people. Akira. Follow your own obsession. Follow your own obsession. Follow your own obsession. Follow your own obsession. Somewhere in the back of your mind, you can realize that hey, actually, this obsession—I'll keep an eye out for the commercial aspects of it. But I think if you go around trying to build it a little too deliberately, if you become too goal-oriented on the money, then you won't pick the right thing. You won't actually pick the thing that you love to do, so you won't go deep enough into it. But I think it's important that one not start assembling things too deliberately. Because you do want to pick things where you are a natural. Everyone is a natural at something. We're all familiar with that phrase, unnatural. Oh, this person's a, a natural at meeting men or women. This person's a natural socialite. This person's a natural programmer. This person's a natural reader. So, whatever you are a natural at, you want to double down on that. And then there are probably multiple things you are natural at because personalities and humans are very complex. We want to be able to take the things that you are natural at and combine them so that you automatically, just through sheer interest and enjoyment, end up top 25 or top 10 or top 5% at a number of things. Your own obsession. Whatever you are a natural.
neutral and you, you wanna double down on that
there will be a noise. Because noise is a relationship between motion in the air yeah, yeah. and ears. If there is not any ear around, there won't be any noise, although there will be vibration in the air. And if there is some instrument around, such as a microphone attached to a tape recorder, there will be noise. There will be a vibration. There will be light. In the dark. In the same way, let's suppose the sun sends out light into space. Now, the space surrounding the sun will be black darkness as if there were no light in it, unless a planet happens to float by. When a planet floats by, there will be light. In the darkness. But if there isn't anything to relate to the sun in that way, then comes no light. Now this goes right down to the root and ground of everything. It goes down to the essence of your nerves, your whole being. That it's all an interdependence. There will be noise. There will be a vibration. There will be light. There will be noise. There will be a vibration. There will be light. In the darkness. And that, 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 and that. That's a very scary situation when you are on one side of the door and your mind is racing because on the other side of that door, it could be no one. It could be four guys with four AK-47s. That door you're about to open could be booby-trapped. So once you open it, boom, your legs are gone. There's a thousand things you think about when you're the first guy, second guy, third guy, getting ready to go in a room and flood it. And that's why I talk about the warrior mentality. And that's why so many people are lost when I start talking. You have the right. You're lucky that you don't have to think like warriors think. You're very privileged. I chose this world to be a warrior. To be a warrior. To be a warrior. I chose this world to be a warrior. And I would choose it again if I came back to this world. 
the mentality of a warrior is very different than the normal mentality. You must be that person on that door, get ready to open it, thinking to yourself, if I die, so be it. The only way you can go in that door is knowing there's a great chance you're gonna die. Like being a SEAL, you train with live ammo. You jump out of an airplane. Everything you do, you could die. To be a warrior, why people don't understand me, I'm glad you don't understand me. Merry Christmas, good on you. Because being a warrior takes a whole different mindset. A whole different mindset to know that there's a great chance I may not be in the military. I was in for 21 years. I'm lucky. I'm very lucky that I'm alive, able to talk to you, able to still run. But when you sign up on that dotted line to be a SEAL, your mentality changes. I may not live. You gotta accept that. And that's the mentality you have. And that's what makes you a warrior. If you're scared to die, you're a bad warrior. I chose this world to be a warrior. this world to be a warrior and I would choose it again if I came back to this world it's still 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 it's still
It isn't merely that your fate depends on whether or not you get your act together and to what degree you decide that you're going to live out your own genuine being. It isn't only your fate. It's the fate of everyone that you're networked with. There's seven billion people in the world, and who are you? You're just one little dust mote among that seven billion, and so it really doesn't matter what you do or don't do, but that's simply not the case. It's the wrong model, because you're at the center of a network. You're a node in a network. You're a node in a network. You're a node in a network. At least over the course of your life. And they'll know a thousand people. And that puts you one person away from a million. And two persons away from a billion. And so that's how you're connected. And the things you do, they're like dropping a stone in a pond. The ripples move outward. And they affect things in ways that you can't fully comprehend. And it means that the things that you do and you don't do are far more important than you think. They have no responsibility. So that's the payoff, and I actually think that's the motivation. Say, well, I can't help being nihilistic. All my belief systems have collapsed. It's like, yeah, maybe. Maybe you've just allowed them to collapse because it's a hell of a lot easier than acting them out. And the price you pay is some meaningless suffering. But you can always whine about that, and people will feel sorry for you. And you have the option of taking the pathway of the martyr. So that's a pretty good deal, all things considered. Especially when the alternative is to your burden properly and to live forthrightly in the world. If you live a pathological life, you pathologize your society. And if enough people do that, then it's hell. Really. Really. The things that you do and you don't do are far more important than you think.
not some place you'd like to visit, or even more importantly, if it's a place you'd like to visit and take all your family and friends. Because that's what happened in the 20th century. Thank you, brothers and sisters. Yeah, nicer. Make sure you got that nice yourself, Eddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a little meaning wave live set. There is meaning in today. There is meaning in today. Thank you, Diverting Tales, for uh, picking those songs. That was a dope little selection. Dope little vibe. There is meaning in today, and that's facts, baby. You know, and that's why we're here on the meaning stream. On a daily basis, every day, 6 p.m. PST. Because there is meaning in today, and that's what we look for every day. You know, whatever is going on, whatever is going on, you know, I talk often about the club. You know, I was DJing in the club, and sometimes you could feel some energy coming in the room. You know, there was a dickhead in the place. You gotta, you gotta counteract that energy. You gotta regulate those vibes. You know what I mean? Sometimes you wake up in this world... And in the club of this world, you wake up in the nightclub of this world and there's a dickhead in the place. You gotta regulate those vibes. You know what I mean? That's what we try to do. And it's different, it's different ways of regulation. Sometimes, you know, sometimes late today, sometimes you just gotta read a letter that a great man wrote before he died. You know what I mean? That helps regulate the vibes in the correct fashion. You know, it may not be uh, obvious at the time why that was the correct fashion, but it was the correct fashion. You trust me, baby, I'm a doctor. <laughs> Shouts out to everybody who looks in. Thank you, everyone who's been supporting. Thank you, everyone who's been supporting. Uh, bless up detail by Andrew. He says, Akira, did you ever go to Rock Cafe in Stourbridge back in the Zeros? No, I did not go to Rock Cafe in Stourbridge, but Stourbridge is where my auntie Helena uh, is from. It's where she lived. So I used to go to Stourbridge when I was a tiny little baby boy in the 80s. You know, we used to go to Stourbridge and play with my cousins. You know, so shouts out to Stabridge all day long. What up, Abadonish? Says, thank you, Akira, for that moment. Ah, you showed us the side of you that you did not have to. We all know you're a loving, compassionate human, but thank you truly. Very powerful. Love and blessings. Yo, don't you go make me, like, uh, leak from the face. You know, these, these eye holes. These shits get leaky sometimes. So don't you do that to me, my guy. I had enough of that already. But appreciate you. Thank you, Mike B. And thank you, Mr. Gamsrabad. Thank you, James Scun, our unofficial sound guy. And thank you, X-Hammer, X-13-Thor. Thank you, Detail by Andrew. Thank you, Word XP. Abadonish, Travel Charger, Word XP. Detail by Andrew again. God bless you all. God bless you guys. Abadonish. He's getting a shout out from his brother, Detail by Andrew. Just brotherly love out there in the chat. Shouts out to the shout. Shouts out to everyone locked in live. Shouts out to everyone on the replay. Shouts out to everyone on the podcast. Shouts out to everyone. Shouts out to the astronauts, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's check in on this campaign. Let's see if we, this campaign has moved. We were on 73%. We were hoping to get to 75 You know. Let's see how we're doing. 
Man, this always should, this should make me nervous. Let's get over into that scene. Let's press. You see this? It just works, man. I love it when a thing works. Uh, Shouts out to my Brave browser. Someone noticed I was in a Brave browser. I was like, how did they notice? And I was like, oh, yeah, it says that. Brave isn't your default browser. But it should be. I set it as default already. It's because this is a Windows PC, and it's just trying to trick me. Get out of it. And uh, this is my city. Okay, let's refresh this this page. Let's see how we're doing on the uh, Alan Watts Indiegogo campaign. We were at 73%. Where are we now? Where are we now? <laughs> Look at that. We're on 75%. 75% with 66 backers. That's an auspicious number. 66 beautiful backers at 75%. We're going to get that vinyl, gang. We're going to get that vinyl, lads. We're going to get that vinyl, ladies. We're going to get that vinyl, baby. We're going to get it. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna climb that mountain, you know? We're going to sit on top of that summit. We're going to sit up there with a, and we're going to look out. And lo, it will be beautiful and we will be glad. You know, and we'll be up on that mountain together, goddammit. Where's my noise for my guy, DS? There you go, baby. Hey. St. Michael says, I need this vinyl in my life. Cindy Betty says, yeah, he's 75%. Chef Ken says, lots of waves. Word XP says, 66666. YouTube Hero Alex says, so proud of you guys. Abadonai says, excellent. Matakuma says, thank you. Biscuit says, yes. Mike B says, we did it. Biscuit says, be brave. What a great chat. Chef Ken says, vinyl. Great flower says duck. <laughs> and shout out to Val's hips. Yeah. DS Reddit says big shout out, baby. Spaghetti says keep up the great work. Human Splaining says damn, I missed today's stream. We'll catch you tomorrow. Damn, baby, you missed a good one. You can catch this one in the replay. I didn't play anybody's music that wasn't me today, so this one won't get yeeted. This one should not get blocked by the copyright guard, so you should be able to rewatch this one pretty quickly. And uh, you, remember. Like, if you have trouble, there's always the podcast replay on the podcast feed so you can listen to the audio, you know? And as always, members of the channel can download the mixes. You know what I mean? So you got that going for you. You got that going for you, baby. All right, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, Hercules, bye-bye. Hercules is in the shower. No bye-bye from Hercules today. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow, baby. Uh, we'll be back with something special because you know we do something special every day. Every day we do something special, my goodness. Yes, we do. And, uh... <laughs> Avedonish says, best chat, best DJ, best humans in the world. Down straight, baby. Word XP says, what's up for tomorrow? You wait and see, baby. We'll get something cracking tomorrow. We always do. Uh, this is number 57. Tomorrow's 58. 58 days and nights of keeping it all right. You know? 57 days and nights. 58 days and nights tomorrow. Love and light to you and yours, ds 2 2 bless you. Time for a prayer. Yes, it is. Yes, it is time for a prayer. You know, uh, I would like to say thank you to uh, those, the great ones that came before us, uh, the giants on whose shoulders we stand. You know, I pray that, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they passed over in the correct fashion, you know. I pray that uh, wherever those energies are, they're in the right place, you know? They're in the right place. And, uh, thank you to uh, the, the, the giants, you know, the giants of uh, art and culture. You know, the, the things that make life worth living. Thank you, Satoshi Khan. 
Thank you, Satoshi Khan's dad and Satoshi Khan's mom. Thank you, Satoshi Khan's wife. Thank you to all those those heroes, you know, that 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 bring these forces into our world and make our world so beautiful. You know, make this make this existence so beautiful. All this pain and all this suffering, but it's so beautiful. Because of people like this, you know. Who share their light with the world and are brave enough to do so. Who, you know, who are brave enough to support people in sharing their light. You know? Who are brave enough to sacrifice so that those lights may be shone. Who are selfless enough to sacrifice so those lights may be shone. And our world is so beautiful and bright as a result. When it could so easily be, be like, not, you know, it could so easily be so just hell, and it isn't. It's beautiful. There's beauty every day. There's beauty everywhere. You chuck a rock and you hit some goddamn beauty. That's how much beauty there is. You know, Leonard Cohen says there's a crack in everything. And that's how the light gets in. You know, and Alan Moore, in that thing that was ripped off in that TV show, said, you know, if you ask me, the light's winning. You know? And I think that's the case, baby. The light's winning. So thank you. And you. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you. And especially you. This was the meaning stream, number 57. Amen. Yo. And you ever got it messed up, baby? If you've ever, if you've ever got it twisted, and you need to recontextualize, just go to your favorite search engine and search up Satoshi Khan death letter, and you will find that letter that you wrote. You can read that, and then you can step back into your life with the uh, with a renewed appreciation and uh, just an overwhelming, uh, just an overwhelming feeling of beauty and glory and a gladness to be here right now at the peak of recorded human civilization. Damn, baby, what a time to be alive. I'll see you all tomorrow. Sweet dreams of God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.